Hello friends, we're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and if it's Saturday morning, then it must be the most important show on the entire Overbooked lineup. That's right. More and more important than Tag Talk. More important than coexisting with Rob and Maggie. More important than FMC. More important Definitely. than Joel and Kate, who might show up to work this week. More important than Indeed with Righteous Reg and Mike. Uh, what else do I got? Am I missing one? New Japan Bread Club with Matt and Karen. Oh, yeah, Bread Club. I was thinking of all the live shows, but either way, we're not live, so what does it matter? Yeah. Either way, it's <laughs> worthy. It's February the 11th, so why don't you come and grab all your news and grab a coffee and come and hang out with us? Jeremy Lambert. All right. I have How my coffee. You? Perfect. Well, that is a mug of all mugs. What does that say on the mug? I don't even know what it is. It says San Francisco. I've never been to San Francisco. I have no idea why <laughs> there's a San Francisco mug here. But uh, as people can maybe or may not see, if you're listening on audio form, you can't see anything. Uh, this is a different setup. I am technically on vacation. But you know what I said, Joel Pearl? I said, even though I'm on vacation, even though I'm on location, I still want to I still want to do newsworthy. I still want to do some content for the people, for you people. And so I'm here to do newsworthy. And yes, we are we're in a nice little sunroom. Everybody can see the all the trees behind me and whatnot. Uh, I have my coffee. I have food. I might be eating during this show. I don't know. It's 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 newsworthy, Joel. We don't take ourselves serious around here. God no. Who takes the news seriously, Jeremy? Why would anyone do that? It's wrestling. At these, it's news. At these dorks yelling at me of like, is this news? Why is this news? I don't like the news. Well, neither do I, but here we are every single week talking about it because Jeremy loves this business and I love getting paid for this job. So we have five Why news. Why do you get paid? I, I'm trying to, to cut that just completely off. You're getting more. You're going to uh, Montreal next week for Elimination Chamber too? Like what? Yeah. So, I, so I, I will be completely transparent. So yes, I pitch, and I never do this. I pitch Sean and Jimmy on a potential story for Elimination Chamber. It's twofold. By the way, what I pitched was absolutely not even WWE related, but I told Sean, I said, hey, if there's something WWE related, like a press junket or media availability that I can attend, I would absolutely do that. So Sean said, yes, and you're going to do it. So I'll be at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. I will be at the press junket that's going on the day before the event, but I'm actually going in because IWS, who is a Montreal uh, indie that's been around for a long time. <clears throat> they are putting on a joint event with GCW in Montreal in March. And then the week after that, GCW is coming to Toronto for the first time. And I think ever, if not a very long time. And so I'm going to talk to a few people who are involved with the show and uh, kind of get a little buzz around those two big upcoming GCW crossover shows, especially with IWS. So yes, I'm going for chamber, but I'm also going because I want to talk indie wrestling with any wrestlers, so let's do that. Hey, I, I like your pitch, Joel. I'm happy for you. Maybe that you go into it. I'm sure the story on the uh, IWS and then GCW will be great, and then hopefully things go well at uh, WWE. Well, thank you. I look forward to it. It's a it's a really uh, new experience for me going to a WWE junket, so uh, I'm I'm nervous and excited. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm not nervous to do the next five stories with you, Jeremy, because we got five on the board. They were either all over your newsfeed or they just blew right by. Hopefully they didn't blow right by you, but we're going to talk about them. Are you ready? Let's do this, Joel. And remember, at the WWE press conference, Joel, 
to ask about Vince McMahon and everything going on there, no matter what, doesn't matter who's up there. That's the question you have to ask. Otherwise, you're a coward, according to the internet. Hey, I, I've got to hear. Uh, you know what? The Observer said this week, if WWE gets sold for $8 billion, hypothetically, I already know the breakdown. I already know who knows what and who makes how much. And I'll just pitch those numbers to talent who have absolutely nothing to do with the deal. And I'll get their reactions. I'll be like, how do you feel about Vince McMahon making potentially $2.5 billion in a sale? And they'll be like, the show this Saturday will be great. Make sure you ask Asuka you know, what, what her thoughts are on everything going on with a bunch of billionaires uh, and the stocks and stuff, right? I'm very, I actually am, would be interested to hear Asuka's take on this. She rules. Uh, but make sure to ask her these questions, Joel. It's very important. Otherwise, the internet is going to be mad at you. She would miss me in the face so fast. Oh, that'd be great. That's good content. That is good content. I'd actually yeah. be okay with it. I'd sell the Great hell. content. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Speaking of good content, number five, Eddie Kingston says MJF is a piece of shit. I don't know why he's AEW champion. Uh, Eddie Kingston was on Mark Marin's WTF podcast, which finally, he finally dropped all of the interviews this week, did Mark Marin on his free show. Um, God. These were, these were really good. We've been talking about these interviews for the past couple of weeks because Jeremy is, uh, is subscribed to the full Marin on, on uh, his service. Good God. Eddie Kingston has been all over socials this week because of this comment and everything else that followed on Twitter. Talk to me about this, Jeremy, because this is, this is such a fun story. Yeah. Uh, I figure Eddie would take notice. He takes notice of stuff on the internet. Or MJF would take notice. They both did, uh, which was... You know, I, I knew what I was doing with this headline. I, I will say I'm very Horowitz myself there. Uh, first off, the Mark Marin podcast have been, have been really fun because Marin, I think we've talked about it before, but like not a wrestling fan. This is like his, even though he was part of glow, like doesn't really get the, the ins and outs of, of wrestling. He just knows wrestling from whatever he learned on glow, which wasn't much when it comes to the, the world of AEW and WWE. So like he's going on this journey of becoming a wrestling fan, and he went to Dynamite in L.A. and you know he's talked to Jericho, he's talked to Tony Khan, and now he talked to to Eddie and MJF, and he he talked to like Bryce Rinsberg backstage as well, but really good interviews and stuff. And it was fun hearing like Marin's perspective of it because he's not he doesn't know these people, he doesn't really know their stories. He's just kind of talking to them for the first time and seeing like, hey, what's like what's your deal? Basically, I did like in the MJF portion where he's like, oh, we're going to go to our portion with MJF. And he's like, MJF, really nice guy and everything. And then he's like, once you turn the camera on, like, you know, I got to be mean to you. Right. He just exposes MJF right there uh, on his podcast. I, I should have wrote an article on that. Maybe I'll say that down the line. Um, but yeah, it just exposes that MJF is like very nice guy. And once we turn the camera on, like, yeah, oh, he's going to be a jerk to everybody here. Uh, so so that was good. The MJF portion was good. And then Eddie. I don't know if Eddie is working or shooting with this kind of stuff. And that's kind of the brilliance of Eddie Kingston anyway, is that you, you don't know like what, if he is talking shit because he just wants to talk shit or if he's like, I'm setting something up. You know, people have sh uh, shown the list that MJF has had and Ed Edward is uh, right after Warho, So you think maybe that is a storyline coming up and Eddie's just getting ahead of it. If so, good on him. And if he actually hates MJF, good on him too. It's good banter. It's good content. Uh, I really like these interviews in this series that that Mark Marin did. I'm a little sad that that it's over uh, because it was it was a fun listen. There's only like four episodes, but it was a, it was a really fun listen to to hear his journey 
as a wrestling fan and go into AEW. You ever think that maybe that list that MJF has where it says Edward, he's talking about Impact Star Edward Edwards? Edward Edwards. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe it could it could be true. It, it could that could be it. You never know. Maybe it's just a big they, miscommunication, misunderstanding. And these two they are, owe they owe they're friends. They owe Impact one because nobody on Impact got on TV during Kenny Omega beating all their talents. Rich Swan is having a title match in a couple of weeks, and that's who lost the Impact World Championship. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Actually, no, I don't want to to move on yet. I do want to talk about how uh, subsequently to this article, Eddie Kingston has went on a Twitter tirade (laughs) where he's like, I have no friends. I hate everybody except for Mox and Penta and everyone else. He's just going off on the pillars. Do you think that this is potentially turning into a storyline or do you think Eddie is just like kind of being Eddie and getting away with it because it's very entertaining? Uh, both, honestly, like I can totally believe that Eddie Kingston doesn't like some of these people. Um, I mean, like we know the story with him and Sammy and everything. Eddie admits it himself. He's calmed down over the years, but he admits himself that he's a little hotheaded sometimes. So I can see him just being like very irritated with certain things and being like, man, fuck all this. Like, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And I don't think it's going to, people will know I'm kind of working, whatever. And then I saw him feel a little bit like the best, the best works have a little bit of a shoot in them, right? Like I'm sure Cody and Roman are friends or they, they're work friends, whatever, but they're going to say some things in the next few weeks that are a little bit personal. And it's probably going to make for some really compelling television. And that's what Eddie Kingston's basically doing here is you he say some stuff that it's like, this is how I actually feel. I don't like these people. I work with them. Cool. We're going to make some money together. Like this is sort of the best shit. It's when it goes too far when you're eating muffins at a press conference uh, that, that it becomes an issue. I was about to say Eddie Kingston is going to show up on an episode of Dynamite and say, I'm hurt. I'm tired. I'm old. Oh, fucking great. And our champion. Oh, we should child. do it. That's how oh, you he do should it. do it. He should I'm- 100% do that. I would love it. You know what? As long as he doesn't end up in prison. But if he did, well, Johnny Gargano recalls wrestling in a prison. So clearly he's got all the inside scoops as to how Eddie Kingston could get by. What the hell? What? I saw this pop up last night and Johnny Gargano recalls wrestling in a prison is the headline. And uh, it's Johnny Gargano talking to Beat of Sports. And the first thing I thought of was like, that's a really rude way to uh, talk about WWE. But here we are. <laughs> Did, were there a lot of comments? So I was driving uh, when this when this went up yesterday, and I didn't check much social media when I got got here uh, last night. Were there a lot of comments of like, "Oh, that's a weird thing to call WWE"? Like, I feel like a lot of people like probably commented. But. I saw a couple of people do it, and I'm sure there were a bunch more who did it. But uh, I did see a couple, and I just had a good laugh about it. Ah, <laughs> oh, bless him. Uh, so yeah, he was on. He was on Beto Sports, and it's very uh, generic interview. I, I couldn't tell how familiar these guys were. One guy was not familiar with wrestling, like at all. The other one seemed a little familiar with wrestling. Um, but the the question they asked, they asked the, the you're very the kind of get to know you kind of questions of like, oh, what's the coolest place you've ever wrestled? What's the most interesting place you've ever wrestled? Like stuff like that. Um. And one of them was like, what was like the, the weirdest place you've ever wrestled? And Gargano's like, huh? Went to a prison and wrestled. He's like, I don't know, I was on the independent scene. They just set up a ring in the yard and we just 
wrestle while they were doing workouts and hanging out and stuff. And that was it. That, that was the weirdest place I've ever wrestled. And the guy was like, because Gargano just initially says like a prison. And then the guy follows up. is like, well, you got to tell me more about like this prison wrestling that you have done. And then Gargano tells the full thing. But that was a fun little story. I'm just like, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't there be indie wrestling in a, in a prison yard? Like, why wouldn't there be, honestly? It's amazing to think that indie Hartwell, indie wrestling could end up at a prison like that. Sorry, I went a little too deep for those who don't want NXT. Uh, no, this is a really funny, funny little anecdote. I would love to see the footage. I'm sure it does not exist. Uh, but it does remind me that earlier this week uh, on Twitter, Cody Diener, who is an Impact wrestler, mentioned that the funniest and weirdest place he ever wrestled was in an abandoned subway station, a 60-minute match, and it was paid for by the Canadian government. <laughs> and I, I asked him a bunch of questions. I was like, wait a minute, when was this? And like how and we kind of figured out when and where it was. But like the first thing I said was for anyone who lives in Toronto, there's a subway station called Lower Bay that is out of commission does not exist no one stops there but once in a while it's opened up for like certain events and special things because it's still in good shape long story short i was like this just screams lower bay station in the middle of the night and deaner's just eventually we figured out yes it was so um wrestlers who have wrestled in weird places i want more of those stories because i think there's i think there's i don't know if there's a market for it but if you if you are an interviewer and you talk to like really any wrestler um especially any wrestler that worked the independent scene long enough, you will probably get some very weird stories like that. And it's an easy question to ask of like weirdest place you've wrestled. Cause we, when we had Vinny, uh, Vinny Pacifico on shout out to him, he rules. Uh, when we had him on, he told us about the, this indie show that had uh, like, like skeletons and, and like, just in the aisle way and stuff. It was a very weird like setup. I don't, I don't recall the full story. My memory is terrible. Um, but he had a very good, like, Oh, this is the weirdest place I've wrestled story. So yeah. It, note to all interviewers out there. If you were looking for just a, a, an easy question that I don't think a lot of wrestlers get asked a, a ton of like, Hey, weirdest place you've wrestled easy question that could lead to a, a fun little story. You can learn about wrestlers wrestling in prisons or subways. Um, you know, ask, just ask people, where's the weirdest place you've wrestled? This isn't going to work for somebody like Bianca Belair, who's only wrestled like the Thunderdome, wrestling in no fans. That was weird. Um, it's not going to work for somebody like her. But some the people who have traveled the independent scene and traveled around that, it probably you probably get some good stories out of this. This is I might have to, to steal this as we interview a bunch of independent wrestlers. I just added it to my list of stuff to ask in Montreal. So like, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's there. I will reference this particular story. I will give you credit. And then I am nice. going to get the answer as to where the weirdest places these wrestlers have wrestled is. Cause I think that's such a fun little thing and we can put it together and make a big, we can make a big yeah. schmoz out of it. Let's, let's, let's do that. Here we are. We're coming up with ideas on the air. <laughs> that's great. Are we ready to move on from here? Yes, unless you want to talk more about Johnny Gargano wrestling in a prison. Shout out to Johnny Gargano, by the way. Hopefully he's not mad at this headline. <laughs> he's always got the best headlines, too. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes, what he felt could have been done better in the two out of three falls bout. Uh, this past Saturday night, we had Carmelo Hayes taking on 
Apollo Crews in a best two out of three falls match. Uh, Hayes won two nothing over Apollo Crews, and then Yabba Dabba Kato came back, and that's a whole storyline in and of itself. Either way, speaking on Busted Open Radio, Carmelo Hayes was uh, reflecting on his match with Apollo Crews. Talk to me about this. Uh, I mean, we we talk about Busted Open plenty of times. They they do good work, especially when when Bully Ray is on. I've put him over uh, before. He's very good. He's good at uh, asking questions and asking follow ups, and that's what he'd hear of. Carmelo just initially said, like, yeah, I wasn't too happy with some stuff. Uh, it was a question that LaGreca had asked about the match, and Carmelo was like, yeah, I wasn't too happy about stuff. And Bully immediately pounced and was like, well, tell us what you weren't un- weren't happy with. And then I thought it was good on Carmelo Hayes to, like, give some insight to this so quickly after the match. Like, this interview was done on, like, Tuesday, I think, and then the match was on Saturday. So he he was quick to just point out, like, you know, it was two out of three falls. We did two straight falls and I don't think the crowd was like conditioned for that. Like, I, I don't think we did a good enough job letting them know like, Hey, I'm going to win these two straight falls. Like I'm, we ain't going to see this third fall. And he's like, I think the crowd was like ready for Apollo to win. So it's like, all right, well now it'll kick into the high gear. And he's like, well, I'm actually going to win this. And you know, he, he felt the, I don't know if Melo missed, but he felt that this was not a swish, maybe. Maybe he had to bank it off the, the backboard or it hit the rim a couple times. He had the Kawhi bounces in there. Who knows? But I I really just found uh, Carmelo's just insight so so quickly after the match and his willingness to say, like, this is what I think we could have done better. I, I found it interesting because a lot of wrestlers, especially so quickly after the match like this, like, will probably just be like, oh, great match. Or they'll stay in character. Wesley was talking a lot of, like, in-character stuff in his interview. I'm just staying character be like, I won. Like, that's all that mattered. Like, everything was great. You know, you saw the match. It was a banger type of thing. But he was very honest about, like, his thoughts on the match. So I, I thought that was a little refreshing from Carmelo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to the interview yet, but uh, by all accounts, whenever Mello shows up to talk about his uh, his wrestling, he is very transparent about it, and he's very honest, and I think that makes for a good wrestler who is understanding of either, uh, not his limitations, but certainly where he can do better, where he can be better, and this is no different. I mean, Bully Ray trying to pull a little bit more intel out of Carmelo Hayes really shows that Bully Ray despite how people might feel about him on screen um he's he's got a lot to offer when it comes to advice and at least trying to get wrestlers to be more introspective on their career and their experience so far i think it's pretty cool yeah again i think bully ray is is really good when it comes to uh being an interviewer because he one he is he's in the business he's been in the business for a long time so he knows sort of the how wrestlers might be feeling at, at certain moments and everything too i think he does very good of like wanting to serve the audience this kind of stuff unlike other people on the show who are just hey let me pal around with everybody and that's the other portion of this is that i don't think bully ray gives a fuck if he like pisses somebody off and you know that as an interviewer like you kind of sometimes got to have that mentality of like, Hey, I'm going to ask this question. And if it upsets you, 
whatever. Like that, that's not my, it's not an issue for me. Like, why does Bully Ray care if like Carmelo Hayes is upset with him at a question? He's probably never going to see, maybe see him at like at WWE, but like Bully Ray doesn't work for WWE. He has no obligation to like be nice to him and put him over and, and stuff. He has an obligation to the uh, busted open audience to ask questions and get answers that they might want to hear. So I appreciate Bully Ray as an interviewer. Absolutely. Uh, please, please don't, please don't DM me, Bully Ray. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Speaking of people who have been in the business for a long time, Matt Taven recalls Bobby Fish taking an edible before having to do a run-in at a Ring of Honor show. What the hell is this? First of all, Matt Taven was on the Undisputed with Bobby Fish show because that's back in play. Uh, did Bobby it's Fish- It's been in play. I, I mean, we haven't talked about it in so long. I thought maybe Bobby Not Fish yet. forgot how to work the microphone setup. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's possible. The, the Undisputed podcast is is what it is. It's it's fine. But hearing Bob Fish, oh, it's a good time. Uh, th- this this uh, this story, Joel. So, like, this interview is not like. So, when you talk about like generic cliche questions, Bobby Fish like has stories. This man's been around since the 1300s. Like, he has stories. Like, with all of these wrestlers. But one thing that like kind of upsets me about this podcast, it is, and Taven is even like joking about it. It's just like, oh, you're hitting the bullet points on Wiki when you're going through all of this. Because Fish is just like, and then you were in ROH, won the tag team titles. Tell me about that. And Taven just like kind of talks about it a little bit and whatnot. But like the interviews like aren't that great. Sorry, Bob Fish, love you. Uh, but like the interviews just aren't that good. But they were talking about San Antonio because the Rumble is just in San Antonio. And then they're just both like, oh, we got a San Antonio story to tell. And like, they, they're a little hesitant at first. And they're like, oh, fuck it. Let's tell it. Like, who cares? nobody's going to get in trouble over this. It happened in you know, 2015. It's, it's way in the past at this point. So Taven just recalls the story of like, you and O'Reilly came back and you're all excited after the match. You're like, what are we doing tonight? And it's like, oh, you know, I got edibles. I don't know who had the edibles, but somebody in the ROH locker room in 2015 had the edibles. I was like, I got edibles. And Fish is like, yeah, I'll take one. And he just takes one. And then apparently not realizing or forgetting that, and once he took this, he definitely forgot that he was supposed to do his main event run-in uh, in the in the main event angle. And so Taven goes up to him as Fish is changing. He's like, hey, you know you got to do like a run-in, the main event. And Fish is out of it. He's like, oh, shit. The best is like Taven telling this of like Fish's, Fish coming out uh standing at the top of the end like looking around at the lights and the people not knowing what he's supposed to do and Taven like looking up the ramp and like fish supposed to come running in you know house of fire tossing everybody out and he just like steps on the entranceway looks around just like not a care in the world and Taven's got to like tackle him once they get in the ring to roll out because fish is in no condition to like toss him over the top rope and stuff and fish is just like I was just trying to make sure everyone was safe I was just trying to get anybody hurt we need more wrestlers on edible stories is what I'm getting at here because I, I feel like there's some good shit, but yeah, good, good shit. I'm sure like in their personal time and whatnot, I want to know if anybody's taken the edible and then done, done a wrestling match or been involved in an angle at that point. I can think of at least two off the top of my head and one is still currently employed by a major wrestling promotion. The other one, used to, the, the other one used to spray paint 420 all over his tights. Oh, well, yeah. That well, I'm sure you can figure that one out. The, the goat right there. That's yeah. the goat. 
Uh, and then the other one is is um, just getting back out of rehab. So, yeah, yeah, there's the other was. one who would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, Bobby Fish taking an edible and like just kind of sauntering his way to the ring. I could just see, <laughs> I don't know, everything looks so great. Oh my god! But I mean, he's not rolling on Molly. Like they make it sound like he's like not because whatever. Those who know know what an edible can do to you. Uh, I don't know anyone who's taken an ed- taken something so strong that it like incapacitates them from doing their job. But apparently yeah. Bobby found a way. Ah, okay. But incapacitates you from doing your job. Like here's the thing is taking edibles. Uh, it'll definitely make you slower. It'll make you just like overthink and, and question stuff of like what's really going on and stuff. Like if, if Bobby fish needs to like run in and like hit people and stuff, I could see how he would be just like, Oh wait, what's what's going on here? Like, how am I supposed to be? Able to, you get very lazy when you when you take an edible. Like, for me, this is me personally speaking. When I've taken it, all I want to do is just sit around, watch terrible television that is even funnier, and then maybe play some video games because it, it goes really slow and it's awesome. Uh, like that's that's what it does to me personally. You want to be very lazy. I can see Bobby Fish just like coming in there and be like, oh wait, what's What's going on here? And because you kind of question of like what what is happening sometimes. You don't want to run and try to throw punches and stuff. This all seems like way too much work when you're on an edible. First of all, that's not laziness from Bobby Fisher. That's not forgetfulness. That's dementia. Okay. <laughs> that's Bobby Fisher. Be that's, nice to Bobby Fish. Come on. Be nice to big dick Bob Fish. We're not going to hate on him. Come anyway. on now. I just, I love this. Uh, I'm like, Bobby gets to the ring. We're playing patty cake a little bit, which is hilarious. Uh, and I'm like, Bobby, throw me out. Bobby, throw me out. Bobby, you have to get rid of me. Nothing is ready to <laughs> on his face to the point where I just tackled you. We rolled through the ropes and we lay on the outside to get us out of the situation. That's Taven explaining to Bobby Fish how this whole thing went. Oh, my God. There's got to be. There's definitely footage. So Taven says that like he's seen footage and like it's all in ring. There's got to be a, an angle where you see Bobby fish like come out and then just the look on it with release the Bobby fish edible cut. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want, Tony. I like a t-shirt as well, but I want the Bobby fish edible cut. Okay. Cause I need to, I need to see this footage. I need to see it. Carrie Silken has it in a, in a vault somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's his most important footage that he's ever not unearthed. Anyway, uh, speaking of Tony Khan, Tony Khan's on WWE sale process. I'm interested in it very much and potentially being involved. Tony Khan has had a lot to say recently, and he was on Mark Hoke and the Mark Hoke show talking about the WWE sales process. Talk to me about this. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was good stuff with with Tony. I ended up doing a few articles out of it because he also gave an update on like double or nothing location which is hey it's in vegas memorial day weekend nothing's really changed there but okay. you know yeah but there's some confirmation there for people and he was talking about the putting together the jay briscoe tribute show as well um as far as like the WWE sale process is like tony's kind of said this before it wasn't like super new information this is the uh the, so this is two two parts here for for news writing news tips hit it joel news tips Joel, Joel, what are we doing? Joel, 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 hit it. People are just seeing me like flailing my arms. Like I got this is great super, audio. Super, super long arms from this yeah. angle. Just, yeah, the fingers too. Yeah. Yeah. 
They made fun of my fingers on the shows a long time ago. So they got very long fingers. I don't know. Some people like them. Uh, so anyway. Um, so there we go. There we go. Good job. All right. Was until we got back into this whole thing. <laughs> so, so two parts to this. One is like even if somebody says something that is sort of repeated information and not exactly – uh, not new and not even like years old because sometimes you'll run a story that is like, Oh, this person said this five years ago, but whatever it was five years ago. Like, like it, you know, they're telling an old story or whatever. Like it's okay to like double up on it, especially when it is the owner of the second biggest promotion commenting on the potential sale of the first biggest promotion. So even though Tony Khan said something very similar, like right when the sale rumors hit, that was about a month ago at this point. And now he's saying again, information has changed. A lot of information has changed with everything. So Tony commented on it again. It became news again. And, uh, you know, a lot of people picked it up like, again because of that. Because, like, when it is something this big, doubling up on stuff like this, not exactly the worst thing in the world. As long as you can provide new information with this. If there had been, like, no new information on the actual, like, sale like if Nick Khan had not said like it might be a three month process and it's going very quickly, then maybe you there isn't too much to, to say about this. But from the first time Tony commented to the second time, even though his answer did not change all that much, the news around WWE has changed, and so it's worth doing again. And of course, it got picked up by a bunch of different outlets. So that that's the the first thing. The second thing is I've I've said this before and I'm saying it again. Uh, people like to think that. You know, oh, you're you're doing the work of others with transcriptions and these stories, and it's like, how dare you steal their material and whatever? And nine out of ten times, the people that we cover on uh on this show or just on on the website, they appreciate that we cover this stuff because most of these people don't send out stuff. Uh, Matt Coon in our in our interview we did with him the uh, on the spotlight, Jensen and I, he talked about like we basically do free PR for them. Like he he said like when he used to do the show is uh he would write, do the 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 quotes and send them out and you know and then that's how websites would run this stuff is, is when he would do the show with um I think Robbie e. he had he had the show with Robbie e. um he would do the quotes and send them out it's like that's how websites run it and now it's just like well somebody like Jeremy will listen to this stuff and do the article and then that's the the free PR when it comes to this stuff so maybe I should be lazier. Be like, oh, I'm not doing any of this shit. Do it yourself and then send it to me and then I'll run the article. Um, but the Mark Hoke, a uh, very nice gentleman, he, full full disclosure, pulling back the curtain a little bit, he messaged me and he's like, hey, thanks for like running the article. Like this did our like biggest numbers. And I know it did our biggest numbers because like Fightful wrote about it and then it got picked up by a bunch of other outlets and like it just became a big thing. So people appreciate this stuff and i appreciate when people say that to me and i told them like hey you ever do interviews send them my way i'll make sure to cover them in, in some capacity because i like it when they can make it easier on me and send it to me directly instead of me having to search and find it because i do enough searching and, and finding so if you just send me your shit directly i'll try to run it i appreciate it when people leave thumbs up on these videos and subscribe to us here if i feel overbooked that's what i that's what i like i appreciate that I, I kind of appreciate you, Jeremy, but uh, I don't have anything to add on this particular story because, quite frankly, I already know how much everyone is going to make in the sale of a WWE. So, ha ha ha, $110 million queen, Stephanie McMahon. I'm on to you. I get it. 
Jeremy, plug the stuff. How much? How much do you think we could buy WWE for? Uh, you think they'll? Do you think they'll give it to us at a discount? Depends. Are we going to be like super hospitable to them and only say nice things? That's all we do anyway. We're paid by them. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know we weren't listed on that payroll thing, but you know, we are we are paid by them. So well, that's because like under the table, like I'm a Canadian, so they don't want to have to issue me any receipts. So they just pay me um they just pay me in cash. True. I don't know about you. Um I will not disclose how WWE pays me, uh, mm-hmm. because I like to I like to keep that off of the the government radar as well, and but you know that 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 wire transfer that comes from a foreign country, it, it hits it hits it hits well. I will say that. Shout out to the Swiss, neutral in every <laughs> way imaginable. Jeremy, let's get out of here. Plug the stuff. I actually have stuff to plug this week. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Don't follow me on Twitter though. Follow Stephen Jensen at Flight Talk on Twitter. Uh, so overbooked. We we're, we're doing stuff and things and whatnot uh, on this on this here channel. From what I've been told, I don't know. I don't have anything to do with anything, but apparently we're we're doing stuff and things. So I interviewed a lot of independent wrestlers this past week. Two of those interviews are up right now. More will be coming over the the next week or so. Probably having a. There might be three by the time some people listen to this. Anyway, uh, a lot of independent wrestlers. We got. Joey Janela, which was a great interview. Uh, fun story, uh, Joey Janela, right quick, is we do this interview for those who have listened or haven't listened. There's actually like actual newsworthy stuff in there, like how they got Kota Ibushi uh, in GCW and then stuff about like spring break. And then there's not so newsworthy stuff where Joey is just being Joey Janela and being funny and popping himself, which is hilarious to me. But we get done doing the interview and Joey's just like, I don't know if you can get anything out of this interview. I'm like, well, one, there's actual news. And then two, like you said some funny stuff. And he's like, all right. I'm like, I wrote the Nick Gage Sonic headline. I can get anything out of this. He's like, oh, that was you. That was so great. So yeah, all you dorks saying that it's not news popped a lot of people. Uh, So I I can typically pull something out of all of this stuff. But Joey Janela, great interview there. Billy Starks, that was really fun. Starboy Charlie, he was really fun. Yo-Yo. Jordan Oliver, both great. And then our guy, Cole Radrick. And I will be writing about the SpongeBob wrestling show from the Cole Radrick interview. And I cannot wait to do that. That was the biggest, oh, Joel, I'm trying to get SpongeBob wrestling. Cole, I'm, I'm going to bully Cole Radrick into running this show. Um, so that was a really great interview. All those will be up on Overbooked within the next couple of weeks. Two are up right now. Janella and Jordan Oliver are up right now. So go check that out and support all the hard work and the interviews that I've done. And I hope to do more cool uh, independent wrestling interviews and things like that. And everything else we got going on on Overbook this week. Like, we got a shit ton this week. We have Indeed, which is now in its second week. Tag Talk. Um, Kylie is there. She's she's with special guests every week uh, for however long. Uh, shout out to Haley. Hope everything's going well. With new episode of Strong Style. Cher Delaware has been bullied back into doing an episode of uh, Strong Style. Uh, we've, we've got FMC, where we talk about stuff and get ourselves in trouble with our significant others it's me nobody else um we've got joel who shows up sometimes and is a random mystery partner who also shows up sometimes coexisting with rob and maggie um our interviews our me doing stupid stuff gaming streams or you go to twitch.tv slash fightful gaming for the gaming streams 
feel like we're we're doing well with uh, everything we're putting out there. And, uh, shout out to everybody who who supports and uh, checks out. Just even even one video, even one of the videos, we appreciate it. It's the busy season. WrestleMania is up and around the corner. We got plenty to do and plenty to say. Just come and visit us here at Fightful Overbooked. There's stuff literally dropping every day. We we used to say this all the time and then look at ourselves and be like, is there really stuff dropping? No, now there is stuff dropping every day on the channel. Come and hang out with us. We'd love to have you. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, I am at Pearl J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies and gentlemen, see you in the next one. Oh, I, I messed up my own thing. It's ladies, gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. We'll see wow, you next Joel. Wow. I know. Next week, I'll just be not here. Cheers. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.